Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Creation Innovation. I am so excited today to be talking to Tara Lipinski. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. I mean, most everyone who's listening probably knows you as an Olympic ice skater. So congratulations on that. We've had an Olympian here before talking about a similar experience. And I think that it's such a unique I mean, it's unique for everybody, but I would imagine more so for somebody who has trained for their whole life at an, you know, an extreme level to be able to know that their body can do all things um, at the highest achievement worldwide. And now here you are in this, this situation that you find yourself with fertility. How, yeah. how does that land for you? I mean, it's hard because, you know, for my whole life, I thought if I worked hard enough, trained hard enough, then then I'll achieve the dream. I will, you know, be able to follow through on whatever I set my mind to or my body to. And just that push, push, you know, very aggressive approach was what was all I really knew as an athlete. Yeah. You know, you fall down, you get up, you keep going. And, you know, you realize very quickly when there's failure in IVF and infertility that that's, you know that it's not up to your mental strength or your physical strength. It's your body. It's a biological thing that's happening that you have no control over. So, you know, I think for me, I liked applying some of the lessons I learned as an athlete and it was just what I fell back on very easily, um, which kind of felt like home and helped me cope emotionally getting through five years of infertility um, but I think I also throughout the process learned patience and acceptance and all these things that I'm not very good at. <laughs> I don't know that much, many of us are, but yeah. this, this journey certainly tests all of those things for sure. So for anyone who's listening who doesn't know your fertility story and or this amazing podcast that you and your husband have now, can you tell us a little bit about where what's happening and how you got here yeah. and all the things? So my husband and I decided to do this podcast. We we started about a year ago and we knew at some point we wanted to speak on our journey and it just definitely took me a long time, five years to be able to do that and to be in a more hopeful place now. I think that's important for me to mention because it's, you know, many women going through um, years of loss or failure you know, when you're in the trenches, it's really hard to talk about it. And you kind of keep everything close to your chest because maybe that's your way of coping and dealing with the unknown of the future. And I think that that's totally okay. And if I had to do it again, I would do the same thing again. So right. I'm only able to talk about this because we're in a different place um, right. in a different phase where it has allowed me emotionally and psychologically, um, you know, the strength to do that. But I think we want to do it on our own terms. We self-published a podcast, you know, just because we were like, this is for us. 
And, um, you know, I'm so passionate about this world. It's um, taken over my life for the last five years. And everyone that is a part of this community or has been touched by infertility or, you know, long journeys with IVF, I feel like I have this this connection and bond, even though they're strangers and I don't know them. Um, but I'm so passionate about it that I felt like, you know, if I could at this point share some of the things we went through, it would make other women feel seen and validated and the feelings that I had that maybe they had, um, they won't feel as alone or they won't think they're crazy for having these feelings. And I think that's really important because I felt many times in my own journey crazy or, um, you know, alone. Definitely. Isn't it amazing as well that no matter where you are in the world, and I'm sure you get people contacting you from countries all over the place as well, that the feelings and the emotions that go through our bodies as women that are going through this are the same. Yes. I had a, a client this morning in Saudi Arabia. It's the same as somebody in middle America who is going through it. And I get goosebumps saying that because it doesn't, it doesn't discriminate anything, you know? No. And, you know, the, these experiences, as I was reading from your losses as well about just the expecting, I don't want to use the word expecting, but in some ways kind of having this inner knowing of, is there going to be a heartbeat and that anxiety that comes before that, right? Like those of us that have had that know, like I remember very vividly, my husband and I standing outside the clinic of like, I don't want to go in. I really yeah. don't want to go in, you know? No, I mean, it really gets to the point where, you know, even now I, I feel like medical appointments in general, just, I mean, there are, you know, you don't throw around the term trauma or PTSD lightly, but I think, you know, through the therapy I've done, like this is a, a, a legit problem, I think, for so many women and couples that after they've gone through this, it affects your life and world in so many ways. And even when you're in it, you know, you don't want to go back to that same appointment because you remember exactly all the smells and all the feelings and all the, you know, reactions. And, you know, you, you just like walk out of that office in a daze thinking like, is this real life? And like, no one wants to go and repeat that. And then when it repeats itself, you know, another time or another time or another time, I mean, it just adds this layer of, you know, trauma. A hundred percent. I was at a conference last year and it's for assisted medical reproductive doctors. And a lot of it is on their research that they're doing in the field, et cetera. And one of the sessions that I was in, they were talking about the losses and there is really very, you're hard pressed to find another situation where you experience a loss or a death that you have to go back to the scene of that crime essentially, right? Like if somebody got in a car accident, they could not take the 405 again, right? They could right. go around or they right. could take a side street. Right. But we have to go back to that same place unless we change clinics, right? right? In the same situation week after week, putting ourselves back into all the experiences, as you said, the sights, the smells, the people of where that happened to us. And we don't really have the society – behind us, letting us feel like that is a real loss, a real death to the extent right. that if somebody lost their partner or, you know, right. their parent or something where we would be like, oh my God, please, you do not need to come back here. Like right. do whatever you need to do to heal from this or whatever. But we're like, nope. Okay. Next month, ready to come back and like come back on again. cycle day three. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. I've actually never even thought about that part of it. And it is so true. You go, I mean, there was like one room I always went into and it was like, 
I mean, you go back to the scene of, of the crime, essentially. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's like another part of the podcast we touch on, obviously my journey, but then all the things that come along with infertility or IVF. And it's even when you have these losses, like you said, society sort of, you know, views it, I think, in a way of like women have periods and give birth and have miscarriages and they go on and move on. And it's something we don't really talk about and we don't really make it that big of a deal because it happens. And it's just like, you know, you really do. I've always thought about that. I came across a quote once of, you know, people just don't know what to say in those moments either. So it's like, if someone lost their sister, you would never say, and obviously that's a different level of trauma than losing, you know, an embryo or a baby. But is it, you know, when you're losing, you know, like when you're in it, it certainly doesn't feel like it. Women that are, are giving, you know, giving birth to, I mean, it's just like, I can't even like all of these different levels of, um, of loss, but you, you don't say like, Oh, better luck next time. Or at least you, you had her for a little bit, you know? And right. it's like all of these sayings that I think happen in, in this world. Cause people just don't talk about it enough. So, you know, it's, it's like, Oh, at least you got pregnant, you know? And it's like, well, it doesn't really make me feel much better. you know. For sure. And the, I don't know if it surprised you after your first loss, but it really surprised me of those feelings that you did have of shame and guilt and weirdness. And you're like, Oh my God. Okay. This is why people don't talk about this. Right. Because it, logically, yeah. you know, it's not your fault, but there's something where you're like, mm, but is it really not my fault because my body wasn't able to to do this? Or it, I just it, think it's shame, you know. I think like I felt it. It's just like you feel a little less than the person that could do it, right. and you know, then having to admit that feels yucky. And right. until the conversation changes and it really becomes so clear that there's not like ooh, someone's fertile, someone's in barren or infertile, or, you know, there's more um, openness and, and actually education about what's happening and why things are happening. Do I think like then there will be more support? Right. And I think the, the more awareness of people like you coming out to tell their stories helps to educate the public, yeah. right? So that when the next person is going through it, they're like, oh, okay. I understand this is kind of what to expect. This is this is fairly normal, unfortunately. Right. And doesn't it doesn't make it less painful for you when it's happening to you, but it does help you to figure out how I can normalize this in my head so that you don't feel so alone in the process and and know that there's hope, right? That's what I was right. looking for in it of just okay. Hope. Yeah. Like I, an ending to to whatever this journey is that you would feel comfortable with. And I think there's so many different endings. And, um, you know, I think on this podcast, that's why I really wanted it to play out like it did, because like we were one of those rare couples that just hit like every roadblock imaginable, kind of in that one to two percent of failed retrievals, no genetically normal embryos, and we got genetically normal embryos, and we had failed transfers, and we had miscarriages, and we had septum and scar tissue. And, you know, we just like kind of hit so many different things that I hope that people that are listening can relate to each part of this journey. Um, and just also then know that, you know, whatever avenues you decide to take from there, you know, just because I got right back in and, and kept going, that doesn't always mean that's the answer. Cause I think there's a lot of, you know, 
annoying comments out there of like, just get back out there or just, you know, and it's like, sometimes people don't want to, or they want to move on with their life and maybe they want to adopt. Maybe they want, you know, to, to, to live a child free life because they've gone through this and then they're like ready to move on and none of it is losing. Uh, Absolutely. And I think I know it played a big part in my keeping going was the age, right? I I felt like I didn't have the time to just step back and relax. The clock is ticking is how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as I really advocate for people to take the time after the losses and to take the breaks, that was something for me starting at 40 I did not have on my side. You know, it was like, okay, how how soon is my HCG going down so that I can try again? Really? Yeah, like, that, like, and oh my gosh, that's, that's the only the whole option thing itself. Like thinking all day long, like, oh, is it going down? Is it going down? And like praying that the next blood test it's down. You know? know, I think at what point my doctor was like, you're getting a little obsessive about this, but I was at that point because yeah. I I didn't have the time to time. to wait for it. And everybody has their thing, right? For me, it was an age. For somebody else, it could be something else. And everything is valid, right? Every Whether you have a child and you want another one, that doesn't discount it. Like whatever your thing is, you are validated and your wants and your needs and all the things around it, you're allowed to feel that way. And I think we're not told. And even if, to your point, if you decide you want to go a child-free life, that's allowed too. You can change your mind and decide that. Yeah. It's whatever, yeah, whatever you want, especially after you've been through a journey like this, it's like, unless you walk in those shoes, no one should really have opinions about it. Right. And I think just standing in that, because again, our society traditionally is like, okay, you got to get married and have 2.5 kids and, you know, have the white picket fence. And maybe that's not for you, especially after you see what that could look like for you and or maybe financially it's not feasible right. or whatever I mean, it that's is. like a huge part of it too. You know, I feel so lucky that I've been able to continue these treatments, but, you know, and I know that there's insurance companies that are covering more and more fertility, but, and there's states that are more favorable to that, but on a whole there, these treatments are so expensive and so many people can't afford to keep doing them. And, you know, I'm going to definitely make it my mission. You know, right now I'm even just cold calling places. I reached out to baby quest, which is an incredible, um, organization, which, you know, gives away fertility grants. And, um, you know, I just hope to, to bring awareness to that as well. Cause you know, building a family or wanting to build a family should, should never, it should be an option if you want it. And it's so sad that in like women's reproductive health, (laughs) we, we, we don't always get those options. Absolutely. And I think, again, back to bringing awareness, I think more and more our governments are going to be pushed to make the right decision in that and have a an overall, you know, platform, so to speak, speak for our country, because right now it's state to state and it varies depending right. on all kinds of things, which in and of itself seems ridiculous. But um, I think there are, to your point, there are grants out there. If anyone's listening and you feel like you're in a hard spot, um, there are a lot of grants out there. We actually have some a whole list on our website of where you can find things. But ask around because um, there are certain options. And I think a lot of times people just automatically assume, oh, I can't afford it. Right. But, um, look into it and ask other people. And there's always, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And there's people now that want to help you. So don't give up hope if that is your hope and dream to yeah. do that. And um, So when you had your losses, 
did you know anyone that had gone through it before you? Like, did you feel, I know you said that you weren't really telling anyone what you were going through, but when you had the losses specifically, did you then tell your family and friends? So I reached out to people and then I realized they had losses. What You know what I mean? I didn't, Mm -hmm. I, we never talked about it before, but then if I like put them on the spot of like, oh my goodness, I'm having a miscarriage. It was like, oh, I had one too. Right. Um, so there wasn't many people in my circle, but I did have one and she was my saving grace to just get me through and we were close so I could ask all the questions. Um, but every, every type of miscarriage is different. So I've had many different ones where I just didn't know what to expect. Right. And that's the hardest part because you hear, oh, it's so common for women to have miscarriages. And I talked about that on our episode today of just like, I didn't know what to expect and in some of them. And it's scary because you're so focused on the pregnancy, but then there's also a part of you that's like a little afraid, like, well, what's going to happen to my body? Or, you know, what is this going to be like emotionally? <laughs> that is the big question, you know, and you really don't ever know. And I think each one also is different. Some people, yeah. you know, it gets easier each time. And for some people, it's harder each time because you're like, what the F, you know, yeah. what is going on here? Why why isn't this working? And I think, again, allowing people to have that space and time to heal that we don't give ourselves. I feel like we don't give ourselves, but also because I think the society we live in, like you get more time off from work for COVID if you, than having a miscarriage, you know? And right, which is, is insane. Just baffling. Yeah. And I think people don't know, you know, to your point about the finances, some some people are told, well, you you can you have to pass it at home because you can't afford to do a DNC or something, which again, that's crazy. Right. Um, without any explanation of what to expect and how, how you know, what's gonna go on if you take the pill version versus right. do a DNC yeah, and exactly. all of that. And and it really again goes back to the education around things of what potentially could happen. This is plan A, plan B, plan C. These are what to expect. You could bleed very lightly. You could be bleeding for months, you know? Right. Um, and then the support people around them, right? I remember my husband, you know, we like it looked like somebody died in the bed. I was bleeding so much, you know? know. And that's scary for everybody it's, involved, you know? Yeah. It's scary. And you just like, you don't know how long it's going to ha- you know, go on. Like yeah. all of these things that you're just not informed on. And it's crazy because you feel like you go to like the dentist and they'll like give you a long list of, you know, what to expect. But then it's like, oh, you're going to possibly, you know, go through this traumatic experience at home and good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know how it goes or not, you know, like not, not even really concerned either way. Well, I, I'm so glad that, again, you're bringing this to the forefront for so many people on the platform that you have, because not only from your perspective, but your husband's perspective and how is he doing through all of it and being that He's support in for there. You. you know, we had definitely different approaches. He was much more just like, oh, we'll work out and oh, like it's fine. And I was the, you know, worry ward, one researching everything, one really like needing to stay on top of everything. And You know, we eventually found a good rhythm of him understanding that that was like my process. And, um, you know, I think it was great doing this podcast because I've I've heard from so many women that are like, oh, my husband's watching or I'm having my husband watch or my partner watch. And, you know, we had the same sort of differences, you know, like I was like, like 
doing all this crazy research and my husband's like, oh, we'll be fine. And I think that there's a way to bond through the two of us, Todd and I, going through our experience and now having perspective, you know, to to kind of like look back on uh, our journey and um, just hearing Todd talk about it, I just find really fascinating and, you know, hopefully you know, eye-opening for other partners going through this journey or starting this journey. Yeah. I love that you guys did it together because I think oftentimes they get left out of the whole process. And I always say from Dave's perspective, he just wanted it to be better for me. You know, he just wanted it to all be okay for me really. And it wasn't so much about getting the, the kids and whatever. It was more of just like, yeah, make it better, make her yeah. smile again, make, you know, and, that was, yeah, and, that was taught too. It was just like, I just want to see my wife happy again. Like, well, let's have this life where, yeah, you know, we can enjoy it and not be thinking about fertility. It literally consumes you all day, you. every night. And I remember thinking and saying to him, I just want to have other conversations. Like, yeah. I don't want to be talking about this anymore. Like, can we just move yeah. on with this from our life and like get it in the rear view mirror and move forward? But it's so hard to do that when you're in it because like, so it's like you're in the little hamster wheel in your head and you're just like, I need to talk to someone about this or yeah. I'm going to screw. Yeah. And was he kind of your go-to as far as that goes? Because you mentioned you had a therapist when I was going through yeah. it. Even the therapist had a very, I didn't, I only went to a one one appointment with a miscarriage one, and it, there was no dialogue between us. So I came out of there crying more than when I started because I was like, I'm looking for her to like give me some hope in this and tell me, don't worry, I've had kids after it. And what I was just, it was not helpful. Um, and now that I show up every day to help people on their journey, you know, that was the first thing that my husband said was, oh my God, we would have like given anything to have somebody to have you to help them through this other than me. Cause he's like, I don't know what to say to you at times, you yeah. know, like yeah. he's the best guy in America, but yeah, you know, he's not in the same position that I am. Yeah. And I, I was really lucky with, I didn't go to like a specialized fertility grief, you know, counselor or therapist, but I found my therapist just, um, it was a huge help. You know, she would, she would be able to, you know, calm me down, give me perspective, you know, validate my feelings and all of these emotions I was having. Because um, sometimes I would be like, am I too sad? Has it been too long? Why do I still have this? Why can't I sleep? And it's then, you know, having a professional or having someone, you know, talk you through those emotions and like letting you know it's okay. Like this is part of the process. Right. Right. I I quote a Mayo Clinic study all the time from 2013 that showed someone who's going through the fertility process is the same stress level as a cancer patient. And I feel like the reason that it's so important for people to hear that is it does validate all of those things. Like there was a study done that really proved that. So you're not going out of your mind. You are totally justified to feel all the emotions that you're feeling and getting somebody to support you through that, knowing that you know, whether it's six years, eight years, six months, it's a short period of time in the bigger picture, even though it feels like forever. And having that additional support just helps you become more successful 
as a person going through yeah. life during the process. And just getting through it because it's so hard to get through it to begin with to just get yourself back up and, and go to this clinic again. So yeah, I think, you know, surrounding yourself with people that at least try to really understand right. what you're going through. I think that's such a key word that you say there because as you mentioned earlier, a lot of people don't know what to say, but their intentions are good. And right. I see a lot of friendships broken or families broken because maybe somebody said the wrong thing, but they didn't intend to. They just don't know any better. They just don't know. And they and that's like the huge thing. And I always like caveat everything I say with that because there are really annoying things people will say to you, you know, when you're right. going through that. But they they don't know, and it's an uncomfortable situation. And again, until fertility, infertility, loss, miscarriage is, is such um, it is more of an open subject and less taboo and, and less shame that circles around it, then I think people will kind of know right what to do, you know, but now people don't talk about it enough to know what to do. Right. And I encourage people be honest with them and say, I appreciate that. But it actually makes me feel kind of crappy when you said right. that, right? And right. It would be better if you said X. Then they can next time, and if somebody approaches them, they they know better, right? We don't right. know better until we're told. So right. keeping that dialogue open and being gentle with the people around you, I think, is important because most of the time the intentions are good and they are, are trying. Yeah. Yes. What's some advice that you would give someone who's kind of heading down this path now? I know. It's hard. You know, I would say that, you know, educate if you want. Like, obviously, everything is so personal. But educate yourself, you know, find that infertility IVF community online, you know, surround yourself with people that will hear your stories, hear your fears, hear your worries. Um, I think keeping it all to yourself will just, you'll drown, especially if it's, you know, a really, like if you're a long hauler like me. And um, I think you just need to to find that circle that will support you through this because it's so unpredictable and the failures hit so hard and there's really no perfect recipe. So it's like whatever you're feeling in the moment that you think can make, you know, make your heart feel a little better, you know, whether it's, you know, after a failure and a, and a glass of wine that you're looking forward to, it's those little things that got me through um, because I don't really have advice for how to take this on because it sucks. It <laughs> you know? And it for anyone starting it, don't worry. These journeys are all not like this. You know, <laughs> rely on stats and statistics. Most people go through IVF and within two you know, retrievals or two transfers, they're bringing home a baby. So there's so much hope to be had with IVF. Um, so it's not to scare you because um, hopefully you'll end up in that percentage. But if you don't, um, you know, definitely surround yourself with people that can lift you up. And what was your diagnosis? You have endo, correct? Or had? Yeah, I have endo. I mean, I've had two surgeries. I probably need another one. We just hit every obstacle. I mean, it's yeah. really insane if you listen to the podcast how it goes down, but from endo to septums to scar tissue from DNCs to, you know, just one thing after the other. You know, my husband getting COVID and having such this crazy fever, it messed up two of our cycles because his sperm's fine, but all the sperm on that, just like everything arrested from it. You know, it's just like, there, we kind of hit every bump in the road um, on this journey, and 
I don't know, you know, we're still standing somehow. Do you feel like you're at a point where you can say, okay, I know, I know why I was put down this road. Or are you still like, why, what is the, what is the lesson here? What, what's the deal? Yeah. You know, it's hard for me. Sometimes I, I go back and forth on that of like, you know, this was meant to be for this reason, or, you know, I, I don't know if I was meant to go down this road. To be honest, I think like I really wish I I never had to go down this course, road. Yes. Um, but I do take it that like every win is a win and every, you know, you know, obstacle that we overcame like built built strength in me and bonded me and my husband in a way that, you know, going through hard things together and when you can make it through is you know, I think a very special thing. Um, so there's a lot of things that came out of it that, um, you know, I'm grateful for. I'm not grateful for going through it. Right. <laughs> I'm just like one of those people that I'm like, yeah, no, not meant to be. But right. um, because we went through it, I do see, you know, how we've changed as as people, how I've learned more patience, how I've learned acceptance. Um, and I do think that, um when I become a mother, you know, I will really appreciate this process of raising a child. Um, not that no one else does, but I do think when you go through this for as long as you, you, we have, um, it, it's almost this next level, um, awareness of how magical it is. You know, I was talking to a friend went through IVF, a long, long road. And she was saying like the other day, she has two two kids and they were like poop everywhere like poop everywhere <laughs> and her husband's like oh my god and then like later he just commented he's like Amy you were smiling the whole time and she's like yeah because like this is still awesome you right. know and like right. she's like I never forget that I just wanted the poop on me for so long right. and that wasn't even an option right. <laughs> yeah it does change I if tr- how can it not change you right if, right from that perspective but also, for anyone who, when you are on the other side, I think that sometimes we feel like I don't have the right to say that it's hard at times, right? Right. And so I just want to say that too, like, just because you it's have hard, that, it is still hard and it's still okay to say I need help. And it, you know, you can still be obsessed and love your kids so much right. and be freaked out that there's poop everywhere and annoyed yeah, or yeah, whatever, exactly. you know? Yeah. Uh, so it is such a strange road to go down the fertility and fertility journey. And the reason I asked that, are you able to see that kind of silver lining through it? Because I think sometimes when you're in it, you can't yet. You basically want to, no, F off. No, I cannot, (laughs) right? Like this sucks. Everything about it is. And I, it's, sometimes it's a stretch to try to get there, but also, there always is a bigger reason to everything in our life, right? We can always look back and connect the dots and be like, oh, right. that's why I met so-and-so or that's how that happened or right. Right. whatever it may be. And when you're in it, it just seems like a big tangled up mess. And I'm glad that our paths connected today. And I'm so grateful for the the opportunity to, to share your story and get oh, people to you. listen to your podcast and relate because, again, it doesn't matter – where you're from, what you're doing, if you've been down the road, you can relate to the feelings and thoughts and uh, situations that everyone's going through. Yeah, it's been nice to connect to all, I mean, people that have 
been through IVF 20 years ago, people that are going through it now, people that I am getting, you know, like my friends are going through it. My sister's going through it. I'm watching to like learn how to, you know, be a better person for them. You know, I think it's just people that are going through grief and loss in other areas of life. You know, I think hopefully, you know, feelings are being heard and seen and and validated because that's, that's, I, I think the point of the podcast. Do you feel like the professional in your group now that you're like, I, I can tell you everything you need to know about? I, I mean, I could become an embryologist. I really like, I feel like that's my next third career. Like right. that's where I'm going. Yeah. Which is totally fascinating, by the way, I feel like, it, right? It truly is. I'm obsessed with all things fertility and especially yes. that because I'm like, oh my God, they're, they're the first babysitters that like these kids have is just watching these embryos grow and whatever, which is yep. so cool. Well, again, thank you for your time and joining us tonight. And how can people find and listen to your podcast and follow your story? So you can listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's iHeart, Apple, Spotify. Spotify has the video version. We also um, are putting up the video version on my YouTube, so Tara Lipinski YouTube. Um, But really, anywhere you listen to your podcast and – obviously follow my Instagram and it it keeps you up to date on what episodes we're, we're pretty far into the journey now, but you know, whoever is watching this and and listening, you know, I've been, I kind of say on the podcast, DM me, message me, and I've been connecting with so many women and it's been the most rewarding part. And everyone's been so supportive. They're, they're out there subscribing, reading, leaving messages. And, you know, I think that we all really want the infertility and IVF community to, to find this podcast, to mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, give them whatever they're looking for out of it. So that's, right. that's my biggest goal. Well, I'm sure you will reach that goal. I have no doubt. I can't wait thanks. to see how everything unfolds for you and your husband. And thanks again for being here tonight. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.